Before we start today's episode, we want to extend our thoughts to those being affected in the Ukrainian invasion. Russia began a military operation in Ukraine, launching attacks on several cities. We record our podcast from the comfort of our own home in Canada, and we cannot begin to imagine the horrors being witnessed in Ukraine. It's reported that hundreds of people have been killed so far in Russia's invasion, with fighting widespread across the country. Our hopes is that the invasion stops with no more people harmed. To any of our Ukrainian listeners, we want you to know, we are with you. The world is with you. I'm Ben, and you are listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. And just like that, we're rolling. Yeah, we're here. How's it going, everyone? What's up? What's shaking? What's new? What's exciting? What's a shaking a bacon? What's shaking bacon? We got some crazy stuff coming down the pipe for you today. Do we? Holy ding dang. I, ha- I don't even Do we ever? I know what the title of this is. I know absolutely nothing, do I? Did you tell me anything? Uh, I think I did, but I don't want to say it now okay, because we're well recording now... and it's just going to give everything away. Because uh, I was recording or I was um, researching a Patreon. A Patreon exclusive case. Yes. Yes. So I am very much not in the know of what's going on in your world. Yes. Well, let's jump on that real quick for a second. To anyone who doesn't know, we have a Patreon page. We sure do. You can go over and support us. It the It's in the show notes down below the description you can find patreon um we do a patreon exclusive episode every month every month you can get ads free we're and starting we post that. in there a bit more often about just life yeah and 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 this month a really cool thing dropped just a surprise because awesome why not and because we needed to make up a little bit for being behind on something but that's beside <laughs> the point however jacko did a reading of edgar Allan poe's the raven and it was awesome it was epic it was very well done so yeah if you want to hear that you can only hear it on patreon Mm -hmm. that's it it's the only place so yeah so you better dive right in you better we might as well thank thank our our new patrons yes we should Would you say yeah um although quick pat on our back because we are recording a little earlier than normal oh my gosh okay what day of the week is it even saturday I'm like, I don't even know. We usually record on Monday night when it's like Which is really hours bad. away from the episode launching. So we're really only two days early. We are two but days that, early, but we are early. That is definitely an improvement. Yeah. So patting her back for that. So if you um, join Patreon um, before the next episode and we don't announce your name, because, just know that it's because we recorded this early. We'll get you in the next round. Absolutely. We will. So that being said, we have two new patrons this week to thank. And of course, as always, they got hard names. I think they do it on purpose. They're like, you know what? My name's hard. So I'm so going to join gonna Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Just to hear them squirm on their podcast. I know. Because you were like, here, you can do these. And I was like, no, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, one of them's not bad. The other one, your last name is throwing me for a major loop. I'm going to say that right now. And I'm not even going to tell you which one. I'm just going to go for it on each one, give it my best shot, and let you guys decide which name was which the name, one that Which was... name that you struggled with? Yes. Okay. Okay. So first of all, the first person we have to thank is Carrie Emptage. So thank you very much. And the second one is Madison Grandclair. Thank you to both of you for being awesome. And can you tell which one of you I had such a hard time with them pronouncing your name? You delivered that very well. Both Thank of them. You. With Thank like you. confidence. Well, I like it. I think that was the key there. I'm like, I'm just going to do it. Well, yeah, that honestly. Okay. It's so funny because a lot of po- podcasts like I'll be listening to and like I have already looked up to how to pronounce something and they're like pronouncing it wrong, but they just deliver it with like that they know. So then you don't even really notice. Yeah. It's like we announce sometimes we don't know how to pronounce something and we shouldn't, we should just. It's our self-confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on my self-confidence. Okay. Self-confidence is big. And you know what really helps self-confidence? Oh my goodness. Seriously. (laughs) Yes. What a Stein felt. Okay. What did you say? It was a. It's a a Stein of wine. A Stein of wine. Yeah. I literally have a Stein full of wine right here. Rosé. Rosé all day. Mm. I am totally going to shout this out because this is my favorite wine You're obsessed ever. With it. If anyone is in the Okanagan area, particularly, I think it's Oliver. It's Oliver. I was just thinking, yeah, I'm pretty um, sure it's Oliver. There is a winery called Rust and Winery. And you're obsessed with it. Fucking love it. They treated us so freaking well when we were there, though. Like, they were incredible. And their rosé is delicious. You're obsessed. So much so that when I was at the our local liquor store the other day, I found six rosé bottles that were in stock and you just bought them all <laughs> i bought them all so there we go i do love their rose i love their wine i don't know if i would say it's like my favorite winery but um they're they're definitely one of the tops that's for sure oh, really yeah well i love sand hill oh that's sand right sand hill in Kelowna has my heart yeah but we- uh rust is definitely up there too we do a lot of wine touring. Well, you do. You drag me along. I, not that you drag me along. You, I enjoy it. I don't it. drag you along anymore because you actually really, it's freaking fun. Like well, if you don't think wine touring is fun, like, oh my goodness. I guess if you don't like wine, maybe it's not very fun. It's not like, it's not like I think it's fun. I enjoy it, but it's like, I'm also like, I'm not into being a wine connoisseur. I'm like, this one's I. good. This one's That's bad. That's basically how I am too, though. Yeah, but some people are like, this one's acidic and oh, it has shit, high no. notes of the ember. Or when you have to like, what are you supposed to do? Like almost gargle the, oh, the wine yeah. in or some shit? I don't do that. I get it. It's just not for me. You no. know what I mean? No, I'll like, okay, I definitely believe in like take a sip and then take another sip. And then you get like the true taste. The, the cleanse second, of the palate. The second sip. So I'll like do that much. But then it's just a matter of like, yeah. do I like this? Like, can I see myself drinking this? We have gone to, I think it's only actually one winery where we didn't buy anything because we're like, holy, like this is disgusting. I'm pretty sure they didn't update anything since like the 80s, including <laughs> their like everything they used back there for making the wine. Didn't it? Okay. I think this shop... And the wine, potpourri, right? Yeah. It was potpourri. Yeah. There smell was, potpourri taste. There was plastic grapes hanging everywhere in yeah. a winery. It was We saw real grapes coming in. We don't need to see plastic ones. It almost Sorry. felt like we went back in time. Oh, definitely. But we anyway, that shit. That's, let's, yeah. let's just say that. We do like wine, but I don't I don't think I would say like that I'm like a wine snob or anything. Just, I don't know. I said Am connoisseur. I, I never said you're a snob. I said connoisseur. <laughs> That's completely different. I don't know. Wine touring is super fun. Yeah. I just love it. So 
Anyways, this is how I cope and I get confidence. Alcohol. Alcohol. I'm drinking water. Can wow. can water give you confidence? I need to drink more water because my skin's so dry. If you pretend it's vodka, maybe. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'll do it. I'm not an alcoholic, but I am a casual drinker and I do like drinks. So, yeah, I think I think having a drink once in a while is OK. I do, too. It's all good. OK. Are you ready to move on? We I talked totally enough, am. I think. Yeah, we talked a lot about wine. A lot Maybe about wine. We're going to make people want to have a glass of wine Maybe. while they're listening. Well, if you want a glass of wine, feel free to join us. I definitely have a glass. Nicole's got a glass of wine or water, but I've got wine. So you can so have me. a glass of water or a glass of wine. Do your yeah. thing. Do you. Or whatever you want. You want to make Kool-Aid? Make that fucking Kool-Aid. Oh, God. I haven't had Kool-Aid forever. Kool-Aid's the shit. Although it's so much sugar. I know. I don't actually know if I even like it anymore. Oh, I love it. I'm obsessed. I stay away from it. Try it. Okay. Let's go. Look at us. (laughs) Moving on. Okay. So this is the story of Bobby Joe Stinnett. Okay. Okay. That's ringing no bells. This is. I am going to go on a limb here and give you guys a warning, a trigger warning. We have had some very brutal cases on this show so far. This one, I would not say is our most brutal case by any means. Some of them top it, but this one has a very particular uh, thing that is very graphic. Okay. Oh, gosh. Um, okay. Regarding mothers. So, forewarned. Oh, shit. Okay, I know what this is. Uh, very graphic. If you're a mother, you're probably going to particularly be susceptible to this. Uh, okay. Okay. You did tell me about this. I did. I gave you a brief description. <laughs> you did, and I just completely forgot about it. Yeah, no, I think I told you like a, like maybe a 15, 20-second description. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. So, Okay. Bobby Jo Stinnett was born on December 4th, 1981, and she graduated from Noah Day Holt High School in Graham, Missouri in 2000. So she's six years older than us. Okay. By the time she was 23, she lived in Northwest Missouri in a town called Skidmore, and she had married her new husband, Zeb, which is awesome name, by the way. Mm -hmm, Don't hear something like that very often. So total cool name. And after a year into their marriage, they were expecting their first child together. Right on. The couple both had steady jobs making daily income, but together they had a side hustle as well. A dog as dog breeders. Mm. They they were breeding rat terriers. So like fairly small, kind of like chihuahua-ish like Mm kind of sized dogs. Not for me. I know. I was going to say something that not for me, but well, obviously we like big dogs. We have two huskies. There we go. So (laughs) but dogs are dogs. You got to have the companionship. I, I get that. Love dogs. Uh, So they're breeding the dogs at their home in Missouri. It was a great mix for their love of dogs and earning extra income for their newly expected child on the way. Like everyone knows kids take a lot of money out of your wallet, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. 
so it was a good way for the new happy couple to be, you know, pre- as prepared as possible. Sometimes I wonder if we should breed dogs, but then I also feel like I'd keep every single one of them. So it might not go well yeah, for us. Yeah, that's a disaster waiting to happen. I would fall in love with every single <laughs> one. Every single one. We would have a, our first batch of puppies and you would name them all. You would reject <laughs> anyone to come look at them. <laughs> And then that's the only batch we would ever have because we would understand this is a bad idea. All of a sudden have 10 dogs or six dogs. And we would be bobsledding to work even in the summer. That sounds amazing. (laughs) No, it doesn't. That sounds like a disaster, (laughs) especially with our dogs. Anyways, moving on. So Bobby even attended some dog shows. She met other breeders, one of which was a woman named Lisa Montgomery. Lisa and other breeders at the show talked to her about, you know, the whole dog loving thing, the whole community and everything, and introduced her to some more popular forums online where she could meet many more like-minded individuals and where they could continue to keep in touch. So she spent a lot of her free time chatting online in those newfound forums. One forum that she was very active in was on a forum called Ratter Chatter. And this is where she encountered another forum user named Darlene Fisher, who lived in Kansas, about 450 miles away. The two women began chatting a lot, sending messages back and forth regarding their dogs, but also sharing in their experience as soon-to-be mothers, as Darlene was also expecting. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, you know... Two big things in common right there. Exactly. So it's... It's a good reason to start chatting with someone like that, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. It's, I mean, honestly, it's easy for expecting mothers to get caught up in like the, the conversation of your child. It's something that literally takes over your life and your body by this point. Mm-hmm. So finding someone to like listen about all the hardships, it, it can be a relief. But honestly, finding someone who is currently living through the exact same thing that you can, and can relate to you, it's like far beyond. So I can 100% understand her Wanting to chat with someone just like that. Absolutely. Yeah, it makes total sense. So Bobby talked to her about her pregnancy whenever she could. And due to the excitement on her with her new online friend, uh, everything, it just lined up right. Sorry, I kind of worded that weird. With the excitement of her online friend, it just, everything lined up right. And it was just perfect for her. It's exactly what she needed. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Sorry, I'm a little distracted because I'm like well, taking off my sweater at the same time. I know, and I'm almost distracted with I thought because I was like, well done, how are you doing this? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I fumbled at the end. Uh, so Darlene loved children and she would happily open up and listen to Bobby all while engaging in her experience with her current pregnancy as well. Mm-hmm. But the conversations didn't stay restricted to their pregnancy experiences. Both shared love for the same breed of dog, as I already mentioned, and Bobby was happy to advertise her dog breeding business whenever she was granted the opportunity. Their business was called Happy Haven Rat Terriers. That's what they called it. So she told Darlene all about how they had spent so much time breeding and caring for the dogs. They would find homes for dogs every week, and plenty of people came and went bringing their own new family edition home with them. Which is kind of cool because it kind of coincides with the whole pregnancy thing. Like she's watching dogs give birth all the time like that and having this. Right. And families bring their their new puppies home. Now she's like got her own new addition on the way sort well, of yeah, thing. Well, yeah, families with a dog or a pet, you're also adding an addition to your family. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a neat little uh, parallel there. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, like, that's why. On the day of December 16th, 2004, she was happily happy to open the door and welcome her online friend into her home to pick up a puppy of her own. 
Like the new person she just met? Yes, Darlene. Okay. However, Darlene wasn't there for a puppy, though. Well, yeah, because didn't Darlene breed her own? Uh, Supposedly? No, she was just interested in the breed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, But Darlene was definitely not there for a puppy. In fact, that person's name wasn't even Darlene Fisher at all. Oh, shit. That person's name was Lisa, the very same person she had met at that dog convention. or Montgomery. Yes, Lisa Montgomery. When you said that name, I was like, holy, that just like rings a bell, that name to me. Because I think I've looked at this case a little bit. Well, we're about to talk all about Lisa Montgomery. Uh, I don't want to. Um, you see the conversations Bobby was actually having online, though, with Darlene weren't exactly true because clearly it's Lisa, right? Yeah. Um, but most like most of it wasn't true. Not that like some of it wasn't true, like damn near all of it wasn't true at all. So she's just making up all this this stuff. Oh, yes. Holy heck, because she knew from mating her probably what she wanted. Yeah. Now, Lisa all along wasn't even pregnant. She had been pregnant before, so she knew all about the experiences of it and could, you know, carry the conversation just fine. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't even interested in, the, in a puppy. Lisa was interested in something else. Okay, but would, sorry, would she have recognized Lisa? She did not, know. Oh, okay. So it could have been, I don't know how their interactions were at that. I keep wanting to call it a convention. I don't know if it was a convention or like an expo or whatever. I mentioned it earlier, the exact terminology. Um But yeah, I don't know to what extent their interactions were. um, And I don't know the time period from then to now. Well, yeah. And Lisa might have just been like honing in on her and more interested, right? Yeah. So So. regardless, though, once Lisa made the long drive to Bobby's house, she walked up to the door and was greeted happily by Bobby. She let her in and began a conversation about the puppies. But as Bobby turned her back to guide her guests through the house and towards the dogs, That's when Lisa struck. No. Inside her coat, she carried with her a nylon rope and a knife. She waited until Bobby was distracted and then wrapped the rope around Bobby's neck and pulled tight. Holy. Ah. The struggle to save her and her child's life began. But Lisa was on her back and wasn't giving her any ground. Bobby struggled as they fell to the ground, but ultimately she couldn't defend herself and was strangled to death by Lisa Montgomery. Oh my gosh. Okay, I actually don't think I knew that she killed her. Holy shit. I'm going to touch on that here in a second. Just just hold that thought. Uh, This is literally the only beginning though, because (sighs) something you just said. Um, The horrendous acts Lisa would commit though, like... Yeah, it gets worse. She was there for another reason. Let's say that. She had recently been online watching and studying C-sections and how they were performed. So she quickly repositioned Bobby so she should, so she could get to work on the reason she was there, her child. Mm-hmm. Now, to touch on what you just mentioned, this is a part up for contention. I couldn't find any solid facts on it. But the time frame between Bobby being strangled and being cut open, there is a very real possibility that she wasn't yet deceased. And Lisa performed her next actions on a live victim. 
Okay, well, I mean, I almost think it would have almost had to be. Because, like, if she's dead right away, like, the baby, doesn't the baby die? I mean, I have no idea, but. Well, that's the thing. It's I don't... not getting auctioned either, then. Exactly. So she has to perform that C-section very quickly. Yes. If the baby isn't getting oxygen. Oh, my gosh. This is just, okay. And Lisa is no surgeon for the record. Holy shit. This is just, like, why I literally never want anyone to come to my my house. Oh, yeah. Because people are people are fucked because lisa then took the knife that she had in her jacket oh. and she began to cut the pregnant woman's belly first through the skin then the muscle and tissue and eventually through the unborn child's womb holy heck yeah 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 so that, that's why i said a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode because it may not be the most horrendous thing we've discussed, but oh my God, That's it is horrendous. It's a lot and it is graphic. It's stressing me out. I was stress eating Reese's Pieces, peanut butter cups shit. all day today. Yeah, we hardly have any left because of you. We had a giant bag of mini ones. I ate half of it I researching like, this case. I was like, I can't. I need it. I did need it. <laughs> and now you know why I have a giant stein full of wine right now. Oh my gosh, I'm sweating. Okay. And now you know why I took off my sweater. <laughs> I feel you. Trust me. This is brutal. So soaked in blood. And Ugh. I mean soaked in blood. Oh, I could imagine. Lisa pulled the child from Bobby's stomach. She pinched off the umbilical cord, severed it, held the child close to her, and she felt the heart beating as it began to breathe. It survived. Which I love, but I... Okay, I love, but I also like, dang. I mean, it ha the baby has to survive. Yes. But it's like the mom is not surviving, right? Like there's no like miracle that happens there. Or am I just- I'll tell you in a quiet? second. I'll okay. tell you in a second. I got a couple more things to get through here. Just very brief. <sighs> um, so Lisa got to her feet, pressed the infant against her chest and hid it under a jacket. The jacket she was oh wearing gosh. and abandoned Bobby laying on the floor of her own house, cut open in a pool of her own blood while Lisa just escaped and began her long drive back home with Bobby's child. That is just mind blowing. It's disgusting. It is so disgusting. So a few hours oh. later, Bobby's body was found by her mother. Bobby was supposed to pick her mother up after work that afternoon, but failed to show up. So when she called Bobby, but was unable to reach her after multiple attempts, she got worried and decided she would stop by her house. Oh my gosh. That's where she walked into the horrific scene of her daughter laying dead on the floor <sighs> of her house covered. And I'm highlighting the word covered in blood and her grandchild missing. Oh my gosh, that is too much. So she dead. She she's dead. Yes. Dang. Bobby's mother, Becky Harper, quickly called nine one one in shambles, explaining well, yeah. how it looks as if Bobby's quote unquote from the nine one one call, Bobby's stomach exploded, and there was blood everywhere. Okay, so, well, because I bet the mother could not even fathom what the frig actually no, happened. because this is absolutely horrific. Like, who the fuck would ever do something like this? Th there's 
so many firsts in this episode that I it's it makes my head spin. Um, even when we get later on into like the investigators and stuff, it's like they're just like we don't have shit to deal with this. Like what? Mm-hmm. We'll touch it's on that soon. Though. Really? Oh yeah, it really is. We've said unfathomable a few times already, and it's because it is. How the fuck can you do How that? How else do you describe this? So during all of this, though, Bobby's husband, Zeb, was at work. And during the call that he got, he, quote unquote, broke down, rightfully so, when he was told what happened. Now, when emergency responders arrived, Bobby was, of course, pronounced dead on the scene. And now in finding Bobby's baby, there was a small technical issue that they ran into because, like I said, it's unfathomable. There's so many firsts in this. Mm -hmm. At the time of this, I literally have the next word in here, at the time of the unfathomable crime, (laughs) um, Amber Alerts could only be issued if identifiable information could be provided about the child to law enforcement. And as it currently stood, no Amber Alert had ever been issued for a fetus which by definition is exactly what they were searching for a fetus is an unborn child oh and my gosh this yeah. is technically an unborn child mm-hmm. like okay and was she almost ready to have the baby uh she was eight months pregnant at this time oh, okay so she wasn't too far out so the baby like yeah the baby would have been an able to survive hopefully well i don't know just the ugh. okay sorry you're literally rubbing your i head. know i just like can't i can't even <laughs> i can't on a scale of one to ten i can't one, even on a scale of one to even i just can't that's how it goes uh, like i'm just saying the baby is of age that it, it could survive but the fact that of how it got delivered maybe not so much yes there's a lot of questionable things within that situation it could survive, but we don't know just yet. I mean, of course, I'll talk about that, but we don't know just of yet if it survives. So first off, on to the investigators. Um, the investigators on the case fought hard to have an exception made in the case for the Amber Alert. Um, and it was actually, in fact, issued uh, for baby Stinette because that's the only name it had at this time. The last name? The last name, oh, yes. Okay. All the while, Lise was making a long drive back home to her husband <laughs> with a very much so alive baby. The sudden existence of a baby, though, would generally be difficult to exp- explain when you show up at home with your significant other. Just being like, yo, I got a kid here. Well, well we, yeah, we got a child. Probably covered in blood and stuff yourself. Like, holy yeah. heck. Um, Lisa, this person can't be well. Uh, we'll touch on that too. Okay. Lisa though had already thought of this for months. Months. She had been lying to her husband and everyone in her small town. She told everyone and anyone that she could that she was pregnant. That she was pregnant. Even if she didn't look it. Interesting, hey? Yes. She even went as far as to going online and printing out an ultrasound and toted it around town, claiming it as her own. Holy. So did she even actually have her husband fooled? She did. Really? Okay. Okay. 
So when Lisa got close to home, she called her husband, Kevin, explained while she was out in the nearby town, she went into premature labor and gave birth to their new child, their new beautiful baby girl. And so she wasn't able to drive home because, you know, she just had a kid. So he needed to come pick her up. So he did him and Lisa's other children that they were living with um, went and picked her and the newborn child up. From where? The hospital, I'm assuming, for this to make sense? Um, well, she claimed that she gave birth to the child at a birthing clinic, but they, I didn't write this down because I couldn't confirm it, but what I read, what I did find was they picked her up at a fast food place. Okay, because that makes like so much sense. So much sense. Uh, so yeah. Interesting. Meanwhile, investigators were desperately trying to figure out what the fuck was happening and who the fuck is responsible for this uh they contacted the fbi hoping that the baby could be found alive and they were worried that of course you know the baby had been taken across state lines out of their jurisdiction mm -hmm. hence why fbi would need to take over right now it didn't take long though before investigators began to receive tips on the incident okay good good one phone call came in from a woman who is part of the Ratter Chatter online forum. She heard about this because the Amber Alert and the news was blowing up about this. Well, yeah, this would spread like wildfire, really. And it did. Because it's so just what is going on. Yeah. So this woman explained that she knew a woman by the name of Darlene Fisher who was supposed to meet with Bobby that same day. Now, according to the online persona of Darlene. Uh, she was apparently from Missouri, but investigators quickly found out that locating Darlene would prove to be very difficult as they couldn't even find evidence that she existed. And this is, of course, because she didn't. Another tip came out of Georgia in which a woman reported knowing a woman who had just brought home a newborn child and there were serious doubts of her pregnancy regarding those who knew her. So the fact that she actually brought home a child was extremely alarming. That woman's name was Lisa Montgomery. Oh, wow. Okay. So they were getting some good tips right off the bat. They here. were. I like that. All while this was being uncovered, investigators were scouring through Bobby's messages, which they found on online forums. Mm -hmm. And they took information from chat logs that Bobby had with a woman named Darlene and processed her IP address. It all matched with Lisa Montgomery and they knew exactly where she lived. Boom. So she'd been doing her research for months, but uh, she wasn't smart enough for, for them, eh? Not near. I like it. That's good. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's get this baby home. So... It was December 18th, 2004, only two days after Bobby's death, when police rolled up outside Lisa's house. Warrant in hand, 
They went into the residence, Lisa sitting there holding their newborn baby in her arms, watching the news coverage about the murder and kidnapping in Skidmore, Missouri. What? Okay. And sorry, did you say this was two days since the incident? Two days later. Oh, wow. Just sitting there with the baby watching this on the news? Like, are you kidding me? Yep. And I mean, meanwhile, like her husband was stunned with what's going on. Like, why are police here? Why are people barging in our door? As far as he knew, he had just become a first time father. I mean, clearly he was wrong, but that's as far as he knew. Wow. Yeah. So the child was taken to a hospital and then placed in a uh, neonatal care where DNA testing would be performed and confirm the baby's identity. And then the car, the cops charged Lisa Montgomery. Okay, like, I just feel like I have to say this, and I don't mean to be rude or anything, but, like, you would 100% know that I was full of bullshit. Yes. Would you not? Yes. There is absolutely no way that I could get away with something like that. There's yes. 0% yes. chance. Yes. Zero. Yes. So I, I just, I, I don't get it. I don't even get how that, that happened. I mean, I don't want to sit here and say that Lisa's husband was not smart. I don't want to say that because I don't know. However, it could be that. Or he was manipulated by Lisa. He was manipulated or maybe he was just very trusting of her. I don't know. Or he wanted a baby that bad too and just exactly. didn't question it. There are several reasons why he could be fooled into believing it. Mm -hmm. So the obvious answer is just saying, oh, he's, he's stupid. I don't know if that is the case and I don't want to throw that out there. There are multiple reasons and I, who knows? I almost feel bad for him too. I do. Because like he is, I think, innocent in this. And, he, you know, and he's going to get this baby that he thinks is his baby just taken away from him, too. Yep. Which is a bit sad. Yep. So once in custody and under interrogation, Lisa, who at this time was like, I think she was age 36 is what it was. Sorry, I got to look at my notes. Yeah, age 36. Uh, she broke down and she admitted that the baby was not hers. She admitted to strangling Bobby Joe. And cutting the baby from her womb. Wow. Yep. Lisa was then charged on a federal level with kidnapping resulting in death, which makes her eligible for the death penalty. It should be like murder almost. First degree. Well, she was charged with kidnapping resulting in death. So, I mean. I guess. There is that. Like yeah. She planned to murder her, right? I uh, I assume. Well, I mean, technically, or was she, that just the aftermath? Of I think it's just the aftermath. It's just the the footnote sort of situation in her plan. She she didn't want to kill Bobby Joe. She just wanted, wanted the baby. baby. Hmm. So, I mean, that's arguable. It's hard to say, but um. Anyways, the United States federal government had only. Executed two other women throughout history, both occurring in 1953. One was Ethel Rosenberg, who was ex executed for espionage in June of 1953, and followed by Bonnie Brown Hedy in December of 1953 for kidnapping and murdering a six-year-old boy. Holy heck. So she was the third added to that list. 
On October 22nd, 2007, the jury found her guilty. And a few days later, she was sentenced to death. Getting that, mm-hmm. that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sentencing? There we go. Thank you. Oh, okay. That's it. <laughs> okay. I was thinking that, but I was like, is that something else? <laughs> nope. Uh, brain fart. Sorry. Um, so her execution date was originally set for December 8th of 2020. However, it was moved to January 12th, 2021, after lawyers contracted coronavirus. Now, just hours before she was due to be given a lethal injection, James, Judge James Patrick Hanlon blocked the execution on the grounds of mental health. And we're going to touch on those mental health issues here shortly. However, the Supreme Court overturned the stay of execution and upheld Lisa's original sentence. Lisa, at this time, was 52 and was moved to Terre Haute Prison in Indiana, where she received the lethal injection on January 13th of 2021 and was pronounced dead at 1.31 a.m. Really? Yes. Okay, I'm almost shocked by that. Why is that? I don't know, because a lot of people are sentenced to the death penalty and never get it. <laughs> Basically, yeah, that's is, true. is my answer in short. Well, I mean, generally, a lot of people who are sentenced to death penalty, they they sit on death row for forever. A, and they generally die of old age. Exactly. She's been sitting there for, what, 16 years? And she was only 52 at the time. But I I've, I've, know I've had other cases where it's been longer, though. But, I mean, people do see the death penalty. They do. Like, I believe under Trump's presidency, it was the highest rate of death penalty execution given out. Really? Sorry, eh? I don't want to say death penalty execution, um, but death penalties executed. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, Um, that makes sense. And it was actually – there was a lot of people petitioning this death penalty because of the mental health thing, and we're going to get on that here in a bit. Um. But he didn't overturn it. He didn't let it happen. And it happened. The death penalty was sentenced to her and it was given to her and it stayed there. Oh, boy. Part of it, people argue, is because of the election that was going on. This is very much so a conservative area. A lot of people in this area wanted to see the sentence carried out. If Trump overturned it or whoever had the power and Trump approved it, he might not have gotten those votes and he was looking for votes. So that's an argument people are saying. I'm not saying it's fact, but I'm saying that's what some people are talking about and that some some people are using as their argument. Hmm. So may that not have been the case. Potentially, she may not have seen the death penalty. Um, but that's a little bit more. But what she did in that state or whatever justified the death, the death penalty. Penalty, correct? Yes. What she her actions mm-hmm. justified the death penalty. And that's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. The story of a monster who um, you know, in a brutal fashion killed a defenseless mother and took the child in the process. Um, but like some argue at least it was not necessarily a monster, but also a victim. So I mean, I can see that depending on her history and stuff, but oh boy, what she did. Like, holy heck. Well, we're about to st- start talking on Lisa's history right now. And just like many other cases we talk about on this podcast, Lisa had a very dark and disturbing past and childhood. Well, I'm very much thinking so. And I feel like she maybe struggled with 
having a baby or conceiving a baby or losing a baby or something. No, she didn't. She, oh, I believe okay. she, I didn't actually get into her previous children here, but I believe she had four other children and she, they were with her at the time. Oh, okay. Um, but there is contention on that alone. Some people say that because her ex-husband who had the children with her, she had custody over the children and he was bringing forward a lawsuit claiming that she was a compulsive liar. Now, her saying she's pregnant was something he was bringing her to court for, saying, see, she's not pregnant. She's a compulsive liar. So some say she went out and sought out a baby to prove she's not a compulsive liar to keep her other children in this court case. Because the person that she was with at the time, you, I think you had said that you, he was a new father. Like this was his first Yes. Kid. The one she was with at the time, that was a completely different guy. And yes, this was his first child. However, they were living with her other children, but this was his first child. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, touching on Lisa's history, her backstory, um, as a kid, Lisa lived with her half-sister, Diane. And they, at the time, uh, Lisa was four and Diane was eight. Sexual abuse at the hands of Lisa's mother, Judy, and her boyfriend was routine. Hmm. In one documentary, Diane went on, like she's talking directly to the camera to describe a situation. Good on her for being able to speak so strongly on this. I just want to say that. But she was describing a situation where a man was let into their shared bedroom one night, walked into the dark room undressed and crawled into the bed with Diane and began to rape her. Oh my gosh. Now, I don't know how old she was at the time. She never uh, said that, but she would have been at most eight. Mm -hmm. That is so disgusting. Yeah. It's so disgusting. Yeah. Uh, and so, that's the sister. Sorry. Right? Yes. It's okay. her half sister. Sorry. I should say that. I forgot. Okay. Um, so as, as she was actually reliving like these, fucking disgusting moments uh she said how in the moment she was telling herself she had to keep quiet while it was happening because if lisa woke up it was gonna happen to her too oh my gosh are you kidding me that's what she said oh wow my heart just sank to the ground so right there i just want to say diane is our badass of the day for that alone. Mm -hmm. So wow. brutal. Now Diane was eventually taken away to foster care when their father left, but Lisa was left behind to live with her mother and the abuse never stopped. Great. Beating was not abnormal. And Judy would even go on to tape her daughter's mouth shut many times simply because she just didn't want to hear her daughter talk anymore <laughs> oh my goodness yeah i hate this case i'm not enjoying this <laughs> lisa claimed she was trafficked by her mother and stepfather oh. growing up to men who would come to the house frequently wow in her adolescence plumbers or electricians would come to do work on the house and lisa would be their way of payment a small room was built as an addition onto the place where they lived, and in that room is where she would be sent to earn her keep. These men would beat her, rape her, 
and humiliate her for hours on end. Holy shit, this is too much. Now, this is where it gets a little bit controversial, not controversial as in this is crazy shit and holy fuck, controversial on did this happen? Is it true? Much of this information on rape came out only during Lisa's trial in the later years after she committed the crime against Bobby. Not saying that the abuse as a child didn't come out. That is very much so corroborated with her half-sister and stuff. Mm -hmm. But the severe rape in her adolescence is what came out later on in the trial. So many seriously believe it was a last-ditch effort for a plea of insanity or some other plea deal. But others disagree. Some who were close to Lisa, like I said, like her half-sister, you know, knew of the struggles she had already gone through. One, another one, uh, being a friend she actually made in prison. Her name was Toby. And she recalls a story that Lisa had told her and her stepfather. uh, Sorry, told her about her stepfather. That sentence didn't make any sense there. So, So her stepfather grabbed her by the hair and began beating her head against the concrete in the driveway. And because of this, Lisa was convinced she received brain damage. Well, yeah, that wouldn't be surprising. Mm-hmm. That's pretty horrific. Yeah. Now, this is also corroborated by experts who exa- examined Lisa after her conviction. They concluded that she had long been living with psychosis, bipolar disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder. So brain damage, not so much, but definitely um, mental issues, yeah. you know, mental health uh It was not the greatest. Many of her lawyers on her legal team argued her mental health problems began before she was even born. According to an interview with her father, her mother Judy drank heavily during pregnancy and that their daughter Lisa was born with fetal alcohol syndrome. A statement that multiple medical experts have gone on record and given statements on agreeing with that diagnosis. So you have someone with fetal alcohol syndrome psychosis, bipolar disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder, given the death penalty. Oh, boy. Okay, before you said all this last thing, these things, I was like, okay. I mean, her her childhood is terrible. Yes. But then I I was like, I don't understand how that, that makes her go to, like, cutting out a baby. But then... Okay, this is making a bit more sense, I suppose. Well, a lot of people argue that the death penalty for Lisa was just far too much. They they literally are saying you're condemning someone who can't even fully grasp what they have done. She needed help. Yeah, or that they can't even grasp the consequences of what they're presented with. Like she, their argument is she can't even understand she is getting getting the death penalty. Like. She almost has the mind of a child at this point is what people are saying. I don't know if that is fact or fiction, but that is what many people are talking about. Well, I I mean, I can see that, but it's like she still was like living her life and a mom to four kids and like had partners and stuff. So was she really at that level? Like, I don't know. You know, to this day, though, like it's it's a topic up for debate for a lot of people. Did she commit a crime? Yes. And a very horrific crime. Yeah. 
And like those who fought against the death penalty believe that she shouldn't be sentenced to death, but maybe at least sentenced to life because yes, she committed a crime, but she just doesn't quite grasp the, the severity. Um, but others see it difference or uh, differently and that the sentence was just. My gosh, that is tough. Uh, there's one officer in the, the documentary that um, a statement he gave was saying that uh, he believes the mental health, uh, the or sorry, not the mental health, the uh, sexual assault um, card that they're trying to play in the later parts of the trial. He thinks it's um, actually demeaning to those who have survived sexual assault because just because you've been sexually assaulted doesn't mean you're going to turn into a monster like this. Mm-hmm. I'm not quoting him directly just for that record out there. Um, but he is saying, saying like, you know, people who survive sexual assault can live normally. They are, they can yeah. be great and amazing people just because you are a sexual su- assault survivor doesn't mean you're a monster like Lisa. Well, and that's exactly what I was thinking before. You had to, hadn't said all like, the mental health issues that she did have Mm -hmm. because i was like how does that make like you go do this like cut out a baby from someone i was not understanding it at all i almost said something but i was just waiting so yeah that makes sense oh my gosh well and lisa in interrogation or i don't know exactly where it was but in conversation with authorities at one point she even said i'm a monster Huh. Which is like her realizing what she's done. Yes. Which. Oh, okay. This. Okay. I think I had this case on my list too. At one point, I'm like glad that um, you did this. Well, I, I thought this was a cut and dry case. I thought this was a, uh, a person who went after someone, took their child, got caught, and was sentenced to death, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And then I learned of Lisa's history. I thought it was just a woman who just wanted a child, yeah, wanted well, that that's person's what child. I kind of thought, yeah, initially too. But there is clearly much more than that. Yeah, now, it goes deep. It goes very deep. Mm-hmm. Um, at Lisa aside, as for the baby who Lisa took from Bobby Joe, uh, she did survive. Her name is Victoria, Victoria Joe Stinnett. She was placed back in custody of her father, Zeb Stinnett, after being given a clear bill of health from the hospital. Uh, it's been emotional, said Zeb had said in a statement. And he also said this, but I just look at her, pick her up, and that usually does it. He goes on and he continues and he calls his daughter a miracle. Now, a final thing I want to add to this episode. Guys are all crying. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make you maybe cry in another way. Whether you agree that Lisa's sentence was just or not, the fact remains she killed Bobby Jost in it. And every time Victoria celebrates her birthday, it will also be the anniversary of her mom's death. The slaughter of her mother. Every single year for the rest of her life. And that is because of the actions of Lisa. Wow. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, you went there. And I, that is oh. the story of Bobby Joe Stinnett. Holy frig. <sighs> I'm literally sweating from this one. Well, yeah, I'm very uncomfortable right now. <laughs> because that is so sad. Okay, yep. so what, when year did that happen? Like how old? 2004. Okay. So we would have been like grade 10 in high school. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. In 2004, okay, so that's like 18 or so. That's how old she is. The little girl. About that, yes. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I would imagine that surprise birthday parties are not something that she wants in her life. And rightfully so. Yeah, but I also feel like, I don't know, there could be joy in her birthday still. Yes, but... If there's not, I can completely understand it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that, that's a heavy fucking case. If you made it all the way through, good on you. Wow. Because <laughs> that was brutal. I spent a lot of time pacing while researching this episode. Okay. I can. Okay. Today you were so uncomfortable. Yes. And there was even a time actually where you just like came up and needed a hug. Yes. Is that because of this? Yes. Okay. It's a fucked up episode. It all makes sense. I, I can't like, I totally understand going through being like, yes, you should be given the death penalty and sort of stuff if you believe in it or not. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying like those actions under that law, she should be given the death penalty. That is a domino effect that you did what the law says you can't do. And if you do that, you get this. That's straightforward and black and white. That's yeah. what I mean by saying that. So yes, she should be given what the law says. Then all of a sudden, this whole undertow of her backstory, I was like, what the fuck? Because I I know people in my personal life with fetal alcohol syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I can see how it's like they don't understand things. They don't grasp things. And I can't imagine them understanding the actions and consequences of such a severe situation. Yeah. Honestly, I am like so on the fence. I'm still processing all of this. Yeah. So I honestly don't know, but. I'm the same. I don't know. It's, it's so difficult. And it's very difficult. Her sentencing and her death is very much so up for debate. And still. it just happened last year. Last year, barely a year ago. Which is wow. Yeah. So. I don't even remember that. I don't remember that being in the news or anything. It must have been, though. I think it was overshadowed by elections and such. Ugh. But I, I would imagine it was in the news a bit, yes. Huh. Okay. Well, well done. I yeah. mean, in, the, in, in presenting that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, if you guys want to check us out on social media, we have all the links in the show notes, the description of this podcast. 
If you guys feel like being generous, giving us a rating, that really helps out the show. Oh, it so does. Even five if, stars, please. Five stars would be amazing. <laughs> um, even if you want to be constructive, we appreciate that. But uh, doing a write-up is even better. And yes, we do read every single one. Positive sure do. or negative. So please be nice. <laughs> be kind. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, we have Patreon. We got a website. We got merch. Check it all out in the show notes below. And of course, until next episode, Stay wicked. Mm -hmm.